What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and we're back at it again. Both of my gaming dads are on the panel today, and the energy is high because we're all excited to be back. And Gary Witta is currently chugging a Monster Energy drink, so Gary, we'll start with you. How are you today, my Th- guy? This, this was a mistake, by the way. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna, it was, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have had this. I, I, I was because I was feeling fine. I didn't need it. You know, usually you hit an mm-hmm. energy drink if you feel like you need a boost. Yeah, yeah. I just grabbed it. I was like, I don't know. I'll, I'll drink one. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking cranked. You're living that good on this life. on this energy drink. Oh, I'm glad and that like, you are. I don't know. I feel like is this going out live? Yeah, we're live. Okay, all right. Well, I'll, I'll bear that in mind because I was thinking, like, probably in about an hour, I'm going to be in there with Barrett saying, "Can we cut that bit?" Oh, where I, okay, like, okay. Said some shit I regretted. <laughs> We'll be good though. Listen, I've only been away for three weeks, but it feels much longer. Yeah, it does. It's wild that it's been three full weeks since we've all been together. But we've had some great fill-in shows, right? Andy and Bless came with me. We did the Wolong Fallen Dynasty review, which was really, really good. Of course, we've missed you both, and I'm happy to have you both back here. Good to have the crowd back. Wolong, I've been looking to play it, but everyone keeps telling me that it's like this first boss is a nightmare. First boss is a nightmare, Gary. I why would they tell make you this. the first boss so difficult? I don't know why it's such a skill check there, Gary, but if you can get past him, I will say it's easy street for the remainder of the time until you hit That's the next weird, big checkpoint weird, boss. Weird structure, isn't it, to have a really hard boss at the beginning of the game? Weird, Gary. Really weird. I don't know why they did that. Because once you beat him, very, very easy bosses afterwards. Because I, well, I saw Super a thing easy. that says like Wolong's boss is like really hard unless you know this like one trick. Is it? Is it can I like? Is it? Can I go and read like a way to beat him and then like then suddenly it's easier? Like once you know the trick, you can do it. You have to be good at parrying. That's okay. Plain, point blank and simple. If you don't okay. know how to parry, you're gonna have a bad time. Okay. Can you parry? I mean, isn't isn't it just pressing a button? Yeah, yeah. But I'm it's like Sekiro level. Like, are you good at? Yeah, Sekiro see, that's level? the thing. If you're telling me it's like a Souls game or yes. Elden Ring, oh, that's, that's, that's not is. that's not my cup of tea. You okay. know that. Okay, then it's gonna be a tough one, Gary. Yeah. We can play. You have to play co-op after the first boss. That's the tough checkpoint right there, too. Let me let me play. The thing is, I've got other games in front of it, so I may I may not ever get to it. But okay. we'll, we'll talk okay. about it. Paris, have you played it yet? Well, long. I have, and to to the point of what he's saying, it it's the same thing with Hi-Fi Rush. That's that's literally my kryptonite is parrying. Yes. But once you once you can get past that first boss, though, yeah, definitely the difficulty scales now for okay. sure. Yeah, and you can play co-op. It's more fun. There's probably three or four bosses that will check you pretty hard, like that first boss. Other than that, everything else is a breeze. I just I've never I understand that it's like an endemic part of game design. It has been forever, like since the eight bit days. I just I don't love boss battles i personally just don't oh, enjoy fighting bosses okay. unless they unless they find a way to come at it in an interesting or different way yeah but like just trying to find the weak spot and timing your attacks and like that kind of classic boss dynamic i don't know i've just never really dug that okay i think there's a couple of fun little twists on the boss battles that you've seen from dark souls and some other ones where it's like oh the boss is doing some freaky weird stuff that you got to figure out what the puzzle piece is that's cool the other 80 percent of the bosses are strictly stand there parry the attack than critical strength. I just that's the thing, and I feel like a lot of game designers and a lot of games follow this what is now almost like a color by numbers or a yes. paint by numbers formula, which is okay, get him down to one, get him down to two thirds. Oh, now and now here's the next phase. He's uh, going to do some different shit. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's the same. It's a, a variation on the same theme every time. I would love to find. I'd love to find a game or an approach to boss battles that like, I don't know change like changes the narrative of like oh, it, oh this is not like it's just a different way of approaching a boss battle. I don't know how you do that. But I, I just know that that would, if someone could figure that out, that would be really refreshing. Paris Lily, let's introduce you to the show because I've missed you. And also, my follow-up to you is, do you have any good boss battles that have maybe changed up the formula that Gary's chasing? What is a game that would make you feel that way? 
Oh my god. I <laughs> wait, why am I blanking on, on his name? Um crap, I'm blanking on his name. The boss that lives in my nightmares is is a destiny boss. Oh my god. Okay, okay, I like a raid that? boss. Little destiny boss. Uh, n- not even a raid boss. Uh it's House of Wolves. Um, oh my god. Why am I blanking on this name? He, I wish Khalif was here. He would know immediately because him and I were the first time we cleared it. Why am I blanking on this name? I apologize, but there's a boss in Destiny that I was just on the struggle bus forever, and I'll never forget when we finally cleared it. It was just like I was celebrating. It was just the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I, I'm going to real-time Google this. I cannot take, believe I'm take not. Take a look. I'll, uh, I'll remind the audience uh, out there, if you're watching or listening, write in with some good suggestions for Gary's point right there. What are some fun games that really change up the formula to yeah, play that if you enjoy? If you've got any any thoughts or suggestions on like the stuff that I'm talking about, like oh, here was a boss battle that kind of like came at it from a different angle, not yeah. just like find the weak spot oh. and parry. Like I'd love to hear about it. It's Skolas. Why I could not think of that. Skolas. Skolas in 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 the original Destiny, not Destiny okay. Two. That bo- oh my god, that boss was such a mofo. <laughs> when we finally cleared that thing, I, it's just it was like a celebration. I remember That's the I was thing, running like, around the hard, house. Hard bosses are. It, it, you yeah. said it can be a struggle, but when you finally get them, it's a great moment of a yeah. very triumphant moment. I remember when we first back when I used to play World of Warcraft. Yeah, give it to me. You know I want well, to. Well, they opened it, Gary. up. I, 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 if you did, you play WoW back in the day. I played a lot of WoW. Do you remember Encourage? No, I don't know that one. Encourage was a um, was a uh, a raid dungeon okay. at the bottom of uh, Sil- Remember, it was Silithus, like this, like that that horrible kind of arachnid insect, like de- spider. It was like an okay. Egyptian desert, but there was like lots of spiders and insects. It was horrible. I hated that zone. I didn't like the vibes. <laughs> and they, and there was a big um, raid area that they opened up called Encourage. And there was a particular boss at the fight, and it was like the twin. I remember the twin emperors and all these like fucking hard bosses that would. And then the one at the very end was this thing called Cthulhu, and it was a giant fucking eyeball. And it was it was one of those things where like you know you you wipe and you go okay what did we do wrong what can we learn let's go again and it took forever to kill this fucking boss. But when we finally did it and it went down, like and there's that, there's that moment where like ten seconds in you're like it's gonna happen like we've passed that tipping yeah. point now where we're gonna get him and you start to kind of like pre celebrate yeah, feel it and then he drops. And it was like, you hear it in your headphones, like everyone is popping off and you just, it's such a uh, great, like, those are the moments you live for in gaming. Gary, I love when you tell me all the wow. Oh, I have so many. You know, I, I, I should write so my much. wow memoirs sometime. <laughs> I've got some stories. Well, we got some good stories for all of you because of course the gaming dads are back. We're back for another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast. I want to hear the stories from Dice because of course, Gary, you were presenter up there. Yeah. Greg and Stella from IGN hosted Paris was in the building smoozing and having fun with everybody so definitely want to hear some dice stories but also I want to talk about the big news because we now have a official release date for Starfield and the Starfield Direct is now set in stone with its own date and of course Halo Season 3 is now available and I have some early impressions for all of you off of this new update but before we get into that I have to remind you that this is the kind of funny X cast we post each and every Thursday at 6 a.m. West Coast Best Coast time on youtube.com slash kind of funny games podcast services around the globe and of course on roosterteeth.com as well no matter where you're watching and or listening don't forget you can help support the team by giving us a nice five-star rating or share your thoughts with us in the comments on the YouTube channel give us a thumbs up subscribe to all of our various pages because it would mean the world to us don't forget we 
We are now Epic Games partners, which means if you are upgrading your look in Rocket League, maybe upgrading your Fall Guys jelly bean, or even buying the season pass in Fortnite, please use our Epic Creator Code, kind of funny, at checkout to help support the team in a brand new way. And I got a fun one for you. Director slash producer Baird has put in. We have a buy one, get one free sale going on right now on the Kind of Funny store. You can get some sweet X-Cast merch if you want. You got the dad hat. You got our athletic fit tees. And you have the dope tie-dye hoodie. You can shop the Bodega Shop collection as well. There's PJ pants. There's our Kind of Funny spare bedroom launch varsity nice bomber jacket. So take advantage of that. The code is KFBOGO, KF. Buy one, get one free right there. You guys can go shop the store. Get yourself some new, sweet, kind of funny merch because there's a lot of great options for all of kinda you Kind of like in that check shirt. I should get myself one of those. You like that little checkered shirt right there? Yeah, it's a good, I think I could pull okay. that off. Yeah, that's a nice summertime look for you, yeah. especially as a dad above the barbecue. I could see you rocking that. Yeah, in the me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, for the Gary. summer, yeah. Let's uh, thank those who, per- who support us over on Patreon. Thank you to our Patreon producers for the month of March. Tripod Double Plus and Delaney Twining. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon. This week, the X-Cast is sponsored by Shady Rays and Honey, but we'll tell you all about that in just a little bit. Guys, let's dive into the big hot news of the day today, March 8th, 2022, we finally, 23, we finally got the confirmation. Starfield will now release on September 6th, 2023, and we will have a Starfield Direct deep dive to follow the Xbox Games Summer Showcase on June 11th, 2023. That's the details you need to know. Todd and the team came out with a nice little trailer for it all, some new Scenes that we haven't seen of gameplay, of course, Todd sharing the fun, the excitement, and thanking all of the fans for their patience as they prepare the launch of this game. Um, Guys, let's start off with the initial stuff. Paris, are you happy with a September release, and are you happy with a June deep dive during what would be, quote-unquote, E3, Summer Games Fest, whatever you want to call that summer window? Let let me answer it this way. Um, Am I happy that it's in September? No. I'd rather be playing it right now. We don't always get what we want, but am I okay with it being a September release? Of course I am. Um, They obviously promised, you know, there was the whole 12 month thing and you know, it's getting delayed by a couple months. I think that's fine in the simple, simple way that if they needed a couple extra months to put the final touches polishing on Starfield and they feel good about the September 6th release date, that's fine. Again, June, we'll, we'll get the direct. Todd Howard will do his full reveal of it. We'll get to see everything about what Starfield is going to be. I'm, I'm per- perfectly fine with that. Look, delays happen. We, we get it. This isn't outrageous. Um, I've, I've seen various comments today. People are acting like Starfield just got delayed to 2025 or something like that. <laughs> this coming September 6th, not that big of a deal. And I'll even add on to that to just say, when I saw that, I kind of broke down what what does Xbox release schedule look like since Hi-Fi Rush in in January leading up to September? It's pretty freaking good. There's there's not a lot to complain about. We're getting a steady stream of content that's coming out of Xbox leading up to Starfield in September. So at the end of the day, I I feel good about it. I mean, just that little tease of what we got to see in that announcement trailer got me excited about starfield i can't wait to get my hands on it so if anything i'm really looking forward to june 11th with that starfield direct so we get more information about it 
I like that. Gary, yes, the 12-month window. We talked about it at the Summer Games Fest. Everybody was excited. We said all these games shown will be released in the next 12 months. Of course, we're a little bit off that record right now, but are you still pleased with September yourself? Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, to, I haven't seen any of this chatter, but to Paris's point, I don't understand these people that complain about having to like, oh, I've got to wait this much longer for a game. It's not like you're waiting on a platform for a train to come or you're stuck in a doctor's office with like <laughs> shitty six-month-old magazines to read like exactly. with nothing to do. Go live your life. There's other games to play. Just like the game is coming, you know, like you can go do other things. Like I, 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 I like the enthusiasm. Yeah. But I don't understand. Oh, we've got to wait this much longer. Like you're not sitting around waiting. Like go just get on with life. It's coming. And it's nice to have a date, right? We, 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 it's nice to have a date. And I'll tell you something as well. Like I think we can be fairly confident. This is the date. This is the one. Yeah. I actually bumped mm -hmm. into um, Todd <laughs> Howard. Oh my God. In Vegas. into him. The man. Propped up the bar with him for a little bit That's at Dice. Awesome, Chatty come for a while. And it's funny because I was talking to him about release dates and I said, like, we're, like we're, in a, we're in a time now where, like, if you're going to announce a date, you better be damn sure that that's the date, right? Because nobody wants to announce a date anymore and then have to put up that, that card on Twitter uh, going, yeah, we don't you want know, that sorry, we've got to push yep. it. Like, we're, we're at a point now where, like, like I'm, I'm sure there was a conversation where at Bethesda, Todd and all the other people were sitting around going, like, there was, a, they, there was extremely high confidence that, that they can hit this date because they would not have announced it otherwise, right? Because nobody wants to have to, like, push it again, right? And there's not a lot of window to push it because once you go into the holidays, like, they, they want to hit that holiday date. That's the only downside, by the way, that I can think of about it coming out in September because September is when all the big holiday titles start hitting, right? Typically, the big, all the big money games and all the big AAA games usually come out. Like, September, October is when they start, mm -hmm. you know, hitting the, hitting the, the, the shelves. And maybe it's a little bit unfortunate that Starfield's going to be coming out at a crowded time. Not that Starfield's not going to suffer. It's going to be the game that we all choose to play, right? But I've talked before about how like everything's an opportunity cost, right? If you're playing a game, you're not playing every other game you might want to play. So I feel like some other, some other games that I'm... This is a problem every year. Too many good games coming out all at once at the end of the year. I wish they were spread more throughout the year. Yeah, of course. Um, but and, and now Starfield's a part of that quote unquote problem, right? Like it's another big game that's it's gonna be a very yeah. crowded window and Starfield's gonna be eating up a lot of that oxygen, right? It's great to be playing it. It's just unfortunate it's coming at a time when they think, oh, there's just too much good stuff all at once, you know? Yeah. Great problem to have, too much good stuff all at once. I love that problem. Nonetheless, it's a champagne problem, but it's a problem. I love that. That's right. Uh, I'm not mad at it at all. Of course, here on this show, I've been saying, you know what? I bet you it's gonna be a year long delay. I'm not mad at all for September. That's a little bit earlier than I thought. With my November, yeah. So, so do the do the math for me. The date that they're now locked into, mm -hmm. how far <clears throat> is that? That's a year past when we originally thought we were going to see it, right? We so were supposed no. to see it 11, 11, 20, so almost a year. Yeah, so ten months. Ten months. Ten months. months. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we've tightened it up a little bit. Of course, we are six months out from release as of right now, so not far away at all. But we get the big deep dive, which is really exciting to me. Of course, we now know the Summer Games is coming, is is on the way, but. What's really exciting, Gary, is the deep dive that we're going to get in June, right? We get that big Todd Howard up on the stage, his own presentation. And Paris, I know you're going to school me on this one, right? We don't have to share it with the Xbox Game Showcase, which means Todd and the team can take as much time as they want to present this game to all of us and hopefully answer all the questions that we have. And the big one for me is what I want to talk about <laughs> on the podcast today. What do we expect from this developer direct. What do we want to see? What are the questions that you want answered here? And I went to the community to ask them what they want to hear as well. So Paris, I'll start with you. Let's start timing. Todd, I mean, what do you want answered here? What do you expect from this? Okay, before I answer that, 
I have to go back to Dice and I have to comment on one Mr. Gary Witta. Oh no. I got I I, I got what to watch this? I got to watch Gary Witta in action during Dice. Yeah, you did. I, I, I I'm I'm terrified where he's going with this. No, this, this, <laughs> you is, did all, great. this is all no, this is all good. I, I think I want to just start calling you the godfather. Every time I would see Gary, he's like a magnet. Everybody wants to talk to oh, Gary. Yeah. Everybody comes to Gary. Everybody wants to shake his hand. Everybody wants to have a conversation. And I was like, wow, I actually do a show with Gary Witter. This this is great. But yeah, you <laughs> you're awesome. Your awards presentation. I know you're a little nervous about it. I you was. did amazing. Thank you. You did amazing on that. Just just the whole thing was great. But I also have to say, this is just on my own little personal kind of fan moment. I too had an interaction with Todd Howard oh, as man. we're as we're walking out of the awards, he was with Ted Price. Uh-huh. And I, I just happened to be behind them. And Ted Price turns around and he knew who I was. He knew about Kind of Funny and he had nothing but praise for what we do. And Todd Howard agreed. Oh, and no I was, way. I, I was so shocked. I didn't know what to say other than thank you. I don't know, <laughs> Ted, but I, 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 meeting Todd for yeah. the first time, I was, I was, he's a really nice guy, very personable, yeah. like no yeah. like, airs and graces or anything, just really down to earth. I really enjoyed spending time with, um, with Todd Howe. And I saw him a few times because he, he was a presenter. He presented the award before yeah. I was up. And mm-hmm. so we rehearsed together and did a whole thing, and it was fun. I want to say I very much appreciate, just on a personal note, very much appreciate the kind words that Paris uh, had to say just now. Yeah. Um, and I really, really enjoyed my time at Dice because, you know, I sit in my sweatpants, you know, behind my desk all day long. <laughs> and, you know, I, I have a, a lot of insecurity. Like I don't think, I often don't think very highly of myself and I'm very self-critical. There's a lot of negative self-talk in my head. I'm just one of those kind of people. And to go to Dice and to Paris's point, have so many, and I think it, it helped that I was up on stage and I was introduced as who I was. Uh, yeah. so everyone yeah, knew, yeah. knew who I was and recognized me. It's particularly on awards night. There was a lot of people talking to me. And I want to I want to tell you one story in particular. I want to hear. Um, so in in general, I really really enjoyed. It was great for my ego and just great for my own sense of self esteem to have so many people come up and say Beat genuinely it, nice things. Beat it. Here's my I got to say my favorite thing because this actually happened to me three times and I'm going to be a little bit braggy here, but fuck it. It was really fun. I would I would be standing with someone that I knew. And this, you, you know, this, this is the dynamic. Like, if, let's say two yeah. people are talking at Dice and you know one of them, but not the other. Oh, okay. You go up and you talk to that one person and they introduce you to the person they're talking to. And now you know mm-hmm. them. And that's like how networking works, yeah. right? And yeah. I got to meet lots of interesting people that way. And so this happened a few times where I was, I would either go over and talk to like someone that I knew, but I didn't know the other person. Or I was already talking to someone and they would come over because they, the, they knew the other person. And now there's the three people and I would get introduced. So like my friend would say, Oh, this is Gary. And this happened three times. It's so funny every time to watch it happen. Because um, we're not wearing, I, I wasn't wearing a badge or anything. Uh, and like my friend would say, Oh, this is, this is my friend Gary. And they would go, Oh, you know, nice to meet you. Just like whatever. And then about 60 seconds later, I don't know if, like, if I said something or there was some reference, but like the penny dropped and they went, Oh, oh. shit, I just realized who you are. Yeah, it's and, like, and, they're, and, they're, and they changed, their demeanor changed immediately. Like, oh, fuck, you're Gary Witter. And I was like, I don't know, is that impressive? Well, I don't know, fucking apparently it is. And like, I got a it big is. like dose of that because it happened three different times. And I came back from Vegas just feeling like really topped up with like, I know, maybe I, maybe I am cool. I don't know. Like, the last few people were really fucking impressed to meet me. So that was cool. My favorite I was there. thing. 
And it's spot on. Everybody loves Gary. <laughs> I'm, it's, I'm serious. Just just observing as I was watching. Everybody loves I was Gary. just on really good form as well. Like I just felt like I was very social. I had great banter. I was very social. Yeah, I enjoyed God, being out in Vegas. Like yes. Vegas is my I, I love Vegas. Not everyone loves Vegas, but I do. Like, and that's I'm in my element there. And I had so much fun. And my my single favorite moment was at the awards. Um, Ed Boone was there. And yep. Ed Boone presented him. an award as well. And Ed, as you know, actually won the Lifetime Achievement Award he last did. year. Yep. Mm -hmm. Ed obviously is a legend for anyone, I'm sure everyone does know, but anyone watching that doesn't know, Ed you know, is a co-creator of Mortal Kombat. So go. like absolute fucking stone cold Hall of Fame legend in the video game world. And I'd never met him. And I've been in the video game business long and I remember when Mortal Kombat came out in 1993 to home consoles. And I worked on a magazine at the time called Computer and Video Games back in the UK. And I remember what a massive, massive deal it was. And I still remember that TV commercial, Mortal Kombat, and the kids running through the street. Remember all that shit? It was, it was, a, it was a cultural phenomenon. And if you weren't there, you'll never understand what a big deal fucking Mortal Kombat was back in the day. It was a cultural seismic event. And Ed co-created that. And he's, a, he's just, one of the few people that I don't get starstruck, but I was genuinely impressed to meet him. And I went over and I said, fuck it, I can go talk to him. Like I was a guy, I went over and said, oh, Ed, you know, I'm Gary Wood, I presented with you tonight. And just wanted to say hello, big fan of yours. And he went, oh, I know who you are. And I thought he was going to say, I'm a fan of Rogue One, because that's usually what I hear, because that's the thing I'm most well known for. But he said, I just want to say, I'm a huge fan of, and I go, here we go with Rogue One. He goes, I'm a huge fan of that fucking Animal Crossing talk show that you guys did. That was oh, hilarious. Yeah, I watched yeah. every episode of it. I'm like, you're a fan of animal talking? Because, yeah, I loved it. And I was like, oh my God, if I'd have known, I'd have had you on back in the day. I, anyway, it was just, I just, well, I just had, had a massive smile on my face the whole time. I had the best time. Gary, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Gary. You deserve that. That's great, Gary. Now, I know we got slightly sidetracked. I'll say this one thing and then actually go into the, the topic of what you asked, uh, Mike. So shout out to Greg Miller. Oh, yeah. So seeing him at Dice, he was rocking the X-Cast gear. Oh, he was. Yes, so, so he thank was. You, thank yes. you, Greg, to that. And and again, Greg, like, you know, obviously we, we like to have fun with Greg and all that. But to watch him live hosting. Yeah. And to just see how good he is real time. Greg and Stella doing both all that great. stuff. Yeah, both Stella was amazing as well. It's just props to them. It, it was such a great night being at the awards and just overall at Dice, getting to meet so many people and you know have those conversations and do the networking and everything. The magic, the magic but of Greg Miller. And I was just saying this to Nick out out back there because we were talking about stand up. And I was saying, because I it was obviously was in the room where Greg was doing his thing. There were a couple of scripted jokes that didn't work, right? They did a whole thing on, my parents, you remember, there was a couple of, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they did a whole bit about trombone champ that yes. I thought was funny, but it fucking died on the night. And, like, and it was like one of those, like, this is not working. But what Greg is really good at is, is yeah. then making a funnier joke out of the fact that the joke didn't yep. work. And he gets a bigger laugh that way. He's so good on his feet. He's yep. very, very impressive. Yeah, he is really good on his feet, is right. Absolutely. Anyway, what were we Starfield, right? We're yes. talking Starfield <laughs> Direct. So you're you're asking what, what am I looking yeah, from? What do you, you want to learn? Mean, what do you expect from yeah, the it, direct? The, the fact that they're decoupling it from the actual showcase, to your point, Mike, I think this gives them the extra time that they're gonna need to really deep dive into it. I would imagine at a minimum, this is probably a 45 minute presentation, right? They'll obviously, you know, talk to the developers, see the studio, kind of go the whole history of all that. But 
really kind of dive into what what the actual gameplay of Starfield is going to look like. What does it look like to land on a planet? What does it look like to pick up a quest? What is some of the NPC chatter going to look like? I think that's kind of the opportunity that they're going to have having this extended look. I You know, there's been chatter about they have these procedurally generated planets outside of the curated ones that they have. What does it look like on one of those? What can we expect on that? What is it like? On, the, on an actual curated planet where you're picking up these quests, where you're, you're what does the weapon battles look like? There, there, there's so many little details that them having extended time that I'm expecting them to be able to touch on. And, and I think in classic Todd Howard fashion, the fact that this is happening in June and then for all intents and purposes, the game is out like what, two, two months later, two and a half months later, this will all be fresh on our minds. We won't have this extended lost well, they talked about that a year ago. What is this game about again? It'll be all fresh in our minds. And the fact that they can kind of have this extended info dump on what Starfield is, if anything, is probably just going to be even more excited for it. And like I was saying, just a tiny little bit that we saw in that trailer. I mean, graphically, it looked pretty freaking good to me. I don't know about anyone else, but it looked pretty good to me. I think they can show off what it's going to look like on the Series X, what it's going to look like on the S, and then obviously the PC as well. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I I don't want to overhype it, but I, I do have big expectations for what this is going to be, because I think we can all agree this is the game for Xbox in 2023. This is their biggest game, no matter what they show at the showcase previously. Starfield is their flagship game for 2023. So I expect them to not hold back. Just give us everything. I agree with that. Yeah, this is, we've been talking about it on this panel for quite some time. This is the big game, right? This is what we're expecting. Almost perfection, right? Game of a generation. This is the quality they've put out before. These are what Skyrim, Oblivion, Fallout are known for. That's what we're expecting, especially with the new IP of Starfield going out to the sci-fi world, right? And Paris, I'm right on board with you. Planet and Explorations is the big one for me, right? What are these planets? They talked about that giant number, a thousand planets that you can go to. Mm -hmm. Well, what does that look like, right? Am I going to get bored of those quickly? Do you have something that will entice me gameplay-wise to give me the reason to do that, right? I think it was really cool. You look back on the YouTube channel that Bethesda created all with the Starfield playlist, and Man, we've been talking about this for almost a full year now, Paris, like you said, where you're almost forgetting what we've learned before and where we are today. So it is exciting to say, we'll plant the flag in June. We're going to give you everything you need to know. We'll release it in September. And for me on that, we talk about planning and exploration. I'm excited for that one. I want to know why I should do this. Because in Skyrim, people spend hundreds and thousands of hours in this game. Will I do the same in Starfield? Can you entice me to do that? Gary, what are some things you want to see? I have a jumbled grab bag of thoughts on this that I'll try to assemble for you. First of all, I'm going to say something that might sound quite contentious in the headline, but when I explain why, you'll understand. I might not, I might not watch this uh, extended preview thing. I might just skip it. And that's not because I don't care about Starfield. It's because I do. I'm really excited about it. I've said to you before, my favorite kinds of games are the ones where you can like disappear into another world, like Mass Effect, like I live here now, right? I want a World of Warcraft. I, that's, you know, fuck the real world. This is, I live in this world. This world is so cool and it's so immersive and there's so much to do and it feels like a lived in living world that I just want to be here. Grand Theft Auto is another good example, right? Um, and I hope this is that kind of game. It seems like it will be following the, in the tradition of like the tried and true formula. So 
I think I'm just more in the camp of like, there are certain kinds of people that like maybe Paris is one of these kind of people that wants to eat up every nugget of information, <laughs> that, every morsel that you can get before the game comes out. I'm kind of on the other end of the spectrum. You know how like people sometimes, what they, what they call going on blackout? Like, I don't want to know anything. I want to go in, like, I don't want to watch trailers. I don't want to have anything spoiled for me. I just like, I'm going to watch the movie or I'm going to play the game when it comes out. And like, I want to go in fresh. I think I'm more on that end of the scale. I'm kind of happy to wait until September and discover the game yeah. You know, when it comes out, I don't need to see, I don't need a long pre, I'm excited about it. I have faith in Bethesda. I think it's going to, I do, if I had to put my money or my chips on something right now, I would say it's going to be great. Um, I don't think it's going to be disappointing. Um, I'm, I'm happy to wait. I don't, I, I mean, I might watch it just because I feel like I probably, for X cast, I should come on here and like say something about it. But like, mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't have any great compulsion to watch it. Um, beyond that, I will say this, based on, you know, they obviously didn't show very much, but like even just when Todd was speaking, right, you can see them playing it in the background, just looking at the screen yeah. that they're playing. I'll tell you this. I think it's going to be great. I don't think it's going to reinvent the wheel, nor okay. do I think it needs to. I don't think, I no. don't think it's going to reinvent this type of game. I don't think it's necessarily going to reinvent any one aspect of this game. Oh, this changes the way I think about this or that. Like it's just going to, I think it's going to be a refinement of the formula that Bethesda have been refining for years now through, as you said, the Elder Scrolls games, through the Fallout games right? Like uh, they're, they're very, very good at this, but like you're going to run around planets in third person and pick up quests and follow a main story and do side quests and craft shit and fight bosses. And, and, you know, you're going to do all the shit that we, it's just, it's going to be that, right? I, 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 I mean, do you, do you think I'm wrong? Or no, do you think get, we're all smiling because yes, it's paint <laughs> by numbers. We all know. So what it's not, it's gonna not going to blow our right. minds in terms of like, oh my God, this is a new, like, a new paradigm in gaming mm -hmm. it's just going to be a, it's just going to be hopefully and this is my best prediction for it a very 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 polished very refined as close to the state of the art as we can get iteration of a tried and true type of game which is like the epic you know mass effect oblivion uh fallout type you know world exploration type thing right I, maybe this maybe this preview more hint at some new paradigm busting element they're bringing to the game. I don't know, Paris, what do you think? I don't think they're going to reinvent the wheel, right? It's going to be a very good iteration of this kind of game. No, I, I think you're spot on with that. And, and that's the whole point. It doesn't need to be anything other than what you would expect from a Todd Howard led West Western RPG. I don't even know if that's a term anymore, but, but basically a, a Bethesda RPG that's now in space with, you know, exploration, just everything that, They've already told us about, I'm not expecting some surprise thing, a, a gotcha moment to come out of this direct. I'm expecting a pretty straightforward RPG, but a very well-crafted RPG. Like you said, a very polished RPG, something that has a, a, a very compelling story, be it the main story or the side quest, characters in it that I can actually care about and I want to interact with. That's what I'm looking for from Starfield. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean I was, really, it's, well, it's, it's that simple. I'm, I'm, that's that's I'm what on I the want. Other side. I want. I don't say reinvent the wheel, but I do want to see some fresh takes, right? This is a studio that's been around for two decades making games. They've brought in new faces, new talent, people that have grown up loving their games. What do they bring? What kind of fresh things can I see that I already know, but I want something new. I want something I different. Just, yeah, and I think I was, I, was, I was about to say the one thing I can think of in terms of, well, this is new is like you know fully like a, like a game that encompasses both fully formed space travel and combat and fully formed like surface level planetary exploration but no man's sky already did that right that's mm -hmm. why those no man's skyrim mm -hmm. jokes were going around when they first did the reveal 
So I don't think it's necessarily even that. I think that on a smaller level, there might be lots of little moments where like, oh, that's cool. Like they found a cute way to do this or that. But I think I don't think there's going to be anything when we're playing it. I don't think there's going to be anything like completely unexpected in the way it approaches. Again, yeah. I think Bethesda have been sharpening this blade, you know, for for many years now. Yeah. And I think we're going to see like the sharpest blade that they've that they've gone yet. But I guarantee I, I, I do you another one. Dollars to donuts. There is going to be a moment where you meet some fucking space farmer who's like. Some monsters came in and fucked up all my shit. <laughs> I needed to go kill ten of them, go kill and, I'll, them. and I'll give you a prize. I yep. fucking guarantee it because they can't you, not do it. You know what? The one the one thing though that they definitely need to improve. What we've seen in, in the past with like like Fallout, or as an example, I want improved gunplay. Yes. If if anything, that's kind of the one thing that I, I really want to see. And to your point, Mike, you're bringing in fresh fresh people, new ideas, things like that. I want to see improved gameplay on this. Not that it needs to be the next Halo or Destiny or something like that as, as far as a shooter goes, but I want competent. I feel I'm having fun engaging gunplay against, you know, against, you know, whatever the enemy AI is going to be. And I guess that's another point, the AI. I don't want just dumb AI that's just standing there waiting for me to shoot it. I want to see something that can be a little more tactical, things like that. Maybe we're being too ambitious. I don't know. Obviously, we're going to find out June 11th what all that looks like. But this is an opportunity to take all the lessons learned that Bethesda has had with RPGs over the past 20 years and make this their masterpiece. That's kind of yeah. how I'm looking at it, right? Yeah. So, Agreed. yeah. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going back to Paris's point and, uh, about like not needing to reinvent the wheel. Like they don't. It's his point about gunplay. I'm just thinking, like, yeah, like if you, you it's, a lot of this is just execution dependent, right? Like yeah. if they just yeah. get it right, if they get the fundamentals right, like if the moment to moment gameplay is like Mass Effect, right? The moment to moment gameplay, the combat is so much fun. You're just having a blast every yeah. minute that you're engaging in that game. And if Starfield has that, and you know, when you talk about like what, what constitutes good gunplay, like the weapons have to feel right, they sound right, they feel like meaty and substantial, like it's fun to fucking kill things, right? Yeah. If it can pull that off, and that's, a, and again, like it's one of those things where like you know it when you see it, and it's the product of, just like fine tuning and fine tuning and testing and testing and you get and you dial it in just right. If it can just do the fundamentals really, really well, maybe that's enough. Yeah, I, I I do agree. I want the gunplay just to be ratchet up just a little bit. It's right. Just turn that dial just a little bit more. Let's dial that in. It's fun because right now, of course, I asked the community come get involved. Let us know what they were most excited about, what they wanted to learn, and a fun one right now in our live chat. Of course, if you support us over on Patreon, you can watch all of our shows recorded live. Jeremy D wrote. Give me a story with at least some decisions that get me to want to play it again and go the other past last choices. Yeah. I mean, of course, we know, of course, Bethesda, they have a lot of options. You can choose one faction or the other, and sometimes you're left going, what if I went over there? Maybe I wanted to, but I've personally never gone back like Jeremy's saying where it's like, oh, I have to see the other side. Do you think Paris still nail that, or do you already think they do nail that? I, th I think that's a great question because I do think that is another important aspect of this. Of I want my I want my choices to have consequences. I want my choices to matter, right? So whereas there's an entire storyline, story beat characters I don't even meet because of choices that I've made. I think that would be fascinating. And to to the point of the question, that adds to the replayability of Starfield where I'm going to roll a new character and I'm going to make completely different decisions because I want to see what happens when I do, 
right? And I get to meet these other characters or or maybe, you know, when we talk about the factions and all that, depending on, on the choices that you make, some people are going to be friendly to you, some people are not. I want to see all that stuff matter. So by the time credits roll, there are unique endings depending on my choices, things like that. And again, I want to be clear, we could be, be, this could be way too ambitious of the stuff that I'm saying, but we know that these are possible things that could happen in the game, right? They've talked about this kind of somewhat, but not really in depth. And that's why I think the direct is that opportunity to kind of really flesh that out. Like, again, as an example, I would love to see them play out Questline to kind of show you, I made this choice here. So now I get to go do this. Oh, but then I make this choice and you get to go do that. And it's like, oh, wow, which one do I choose? You know, yeah, that, that kind cool. of thing. So yeah, that's a great question because I, I I do think that's a very important thing that that should be coming out of Starfield that that all our decisions actually matter. It's it's a good point, and you know everyone has like their own kind of laundry list in priority of like what matters to them. Like Paris yeah. highlighted the gunplay, and I I want good gunplay for me. And I'm surprised I didn't bring it up earlier. Is like I want to care about the story, right? Story yeah. matters in games like this. One of the reasons why I love Mass Effect Two so much is I gave a shit about that story. They made you care about all of those characters. And then they said, guess what? You're going to go on a fucking suicide mission. And some of them yeah. are going to die, right? And it puts you in this horrible position. Knights of the Old Republic. I remember like some of the choices that you had to make at the end were agonizing. Oh my God, I have to do terrible. Like, especially if you want to play Dark Side. It said, you want to be Dark Side? Well, you got you to you, you back that up. We're going we're to give you some terrible choices to make. Like, I want, the, I want the story to matter. I want to care about the story. I really hope, and I don't think it will because Bethesda are good at storytelling, um, I really, really hope that it's not just some generic, you got to save the universe bullshit. I, I, I hope they come up with something that makes me care about this on a personal level, that they have characters I care about and I like, and I, and I, yes. you know, I want them to survive and I want good things. I just, that's what matters to me to be fully, if I think about my, the favorite games I've ever played, they're all ones that have stories that, mm -hmm. that check those boxes. And, and again, to Paris's point, I don't think it's when he says maybe it's too ambitious. I don't think. It's wrong to be too ambitious. Like, if, if you can't get a, a super ambitious about this game, what game? Like, what game? Like, right. This is a game from True. that is shooting to execute at the highest level from a team that has, you know, made some of the best games of all time. So, like, if you can't, you know, have your high sky high expectations on this, when can you? Well, it's it's okay to have super high expectations. Yeah, I like that you're building off the story. And for me, I wrote down the lore. Right, I'm so right. excited to see this world that they've built. Right, learn right. about where we are today, what got us to this point today. Yeah. What are some of the nice sprinkles that you add in where I go, I go one way to the left and Gary never read that piece of, you know, lore over here and I loved what found out. Omega Buster in the chat wrote, give me NPCs that we can care about, right? And right, of course, I, see, I made the same point. In the chat out here, we've seen a lot of people that I've seen on Twitter say, hey, I want to care about the NPCs. I want romance options. I want really cool companions, right? I think that's going to be a fun one is, if we look back on the Bethesda games, I think all of us can name out at least one NPC that we really cared about and loved, right? How do you do that again in this? What can we expect from it? And will they be even better than the last one? We'll be exciting to see. Does Bethesda typically do romance? I think that's more, more of a Bioware. Uh, vibe, I don't think they do much romance, but I think uh, back in Skyrim, you could get the household, which then you could marry someone right. and have children. That yeah. was a nice touch. I like right. that. So, no, that, and world building is like, like what is, we've seen so many different versions of the future, right? Like you know, Star Trek, Mass Effect, you name it. One of the things I liked about Mass Effect, I've made this point before. I never do this in video games, but like I read every goddamn codex entry in Mass Effect. Yes. Because like they were all really interesting. Like every planet had like an interesting story behind it. I, was, I wanted to know all of it. Like, I wanted to drink in that 
mythology, that world building, that lore. So aside from having an interesting and engaging personal story that I feel invested in, which I think is job one, another big part of that is like, show me, show me a version of the future that's interesting that I haven't seen before. Like, what, what is it about this future that's cool? And like, oh, that's, oh, wow, that, that happened. That's some cool shit. Like, I want to see that as well. I hope, hope that's not, there isn't just some generic future shit. Yeah. We have yeah. so much more to talk about right after a word <laughs> from our sponsors. Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Look how cool I look. You too can look this cool. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and so much more. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. They'll also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order and have donated over 20 million meals to date. That's fantastic. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back exclusively for y'all listeners and watchers right now. Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the new year. You can go to ShadyRays.com and use code KINDAFUNNY for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. These are five star rated by over 200,000 people. Again, that's shadyrays.com use the code kinda funny shout out to honey for sponsoring this episode honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iphone or computer and thanks to honey manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past and we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart when you check out the honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons you wait a few seconds you see the fun little dancing guy honey searches for coupons and it finds you the best ones and then you just watch the prices drop we hear it kind of funny have been using honey for years and it's helped us save thousands on tech costumes food you name it honestly i just love how easy it is to just set and forget and save that's the best part honey doesn't just work on desktops it works on your phone too you just activate it on safari on your phone you save on the go if you don't already have honey you could be straight up missing out you can get paypal honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kind of funny that's joinhoney.com slash kind of funny all right paris come on back with me tell me what you got no i i was just gonna say one other thing that I hope comes out of this is my exploration is rewarded. So okay. if you really put in the effort to go explore these planets that you're fine, like bring back water cooler talk, right? I want Starfield to generate a lot of conversations like, dude, did you go to this planet? Cause I found this and there's this story beat. And there, I, I want to hear those kind of things where it's not just complete the, the main story, 20 hours, 30 hours, whatever it's going to be. And you're done. I want people that are investing 100, 150, 200 hours into Starfield that that time is rewarded because you're finding things off the beaten path that are, that are truly interesting and worth your time. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's yeah, the other yeah. big potential. Absolutely. There's a, a lot a lot of these big open world uh, games, Paris, especially when you say, oh, a million planets and a thousand places to go. The problem is a lot of it ends up just being filler and busy work, right? right? And right. you don't want that. Like you want every minute of your game, at the time you're, you're playing the game to feel meaningful. Yeah. And that's difficult when it's such a vast world. That's, I think that's an actually a fundamental game design issue that we have these days. How do you create these vast worlds and not have so much of it just feel like, you know, you're just like, oh, well, it's, I just have to travel a long distance or 
this is all just busy work. And again, I'm killing 10 things because the game needs to give me yeah. something to do, but I don't really feel like I'm advancing anything. Like that's important too. You, you want every planet to matter where you go. What is there? What's right. on that planet? Why should I go there? Right. And I think that's the big one for them is they've been preaching the word like beyond and what is out there. Right. And so now you have to nail that, that feeling all the time of, yeah. well, what is that? Why should I not skip this planet? Cause there's so many. Yeah. And that's, I, I, to me, it's a quality equation, not a quantity equation. So when they say, oh, a thousand different planets, personally, I'm not impressed by that. Yeah. I go, okay, great. Um, what is there to do on each one and what's going to make each one meaningful? Right, that's what matters, and maybe we'll get close to that with this. Yeah, when we this, talk about uh, what we expect from the direct, right? It's like, yeah, he's going to have to land on about five of them and really showcase, hey, this is what's special about them. This is what you're going to see. This is what you can expect, right? I think that's a must see over on that side of things. Gunplay, gameplay is a must see as well. I agree with Paris, right? I would like you to play out a whole storyline or a nice little side mission storyline, like take me through beat by beat and explain to me what I want to see. I think. It's tough of what is 45 minutes and how do you cram in everything we need to see in that 45 and the, minutes. And the thing is, I think you also have to have a little bit of kind of healthy, in, in, in my case, I've been around a long time, kind of well-earned skepticism. Mm -hmm. Not cynicism, but skepticism about it. Don't forget, I mean, this is, this is going to be curated. This, is, this whole event will have been very carefully prepared and edited to you know, be a, a, a long advertisement. They want, you to, they want you to buy the game or at least play the game if you got it on Game Pass, right? They want to sell you on this game. Yeah. So they're going to they're show you the game in a way that they think you know, shows it in its best possible light. And that's fine. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of cool things to show. But it may not be 100% representative of what your experience is going to be when you actually play the game. Like, for example, like here's a cool thing and here's and here's another cool thing but there's a bunch of boring shit in between they're not going to show you the boring shit right they're going to show you the highlight reel but we won't know for sure until we actually until they actually deliver the goods in september yeah i, I look forward to that as well i mean another one that i keep thinking of is those oh wow moments right taking off from a planet for that first time i want that to be magical and really cool looking right Base building. What is going to go into base building? How do you make them unique and not look like the Fallout shelter right. colonies that we were building back in Fallout 4, right? What is this going to look like on these planets? What goes into all of that? And then on the flip side, the ship building, right? Like, how do you make yep. that fun That's and engaging? That's cool. I mean, that That's could be cool. That's really right? cool, right? I want to make the Rasanante from uh, The Expanse, right? I want to be able to make a vertical ship. Can I do that? Because from everything we've seen, they're all horizontal. Yeah, right? when I talk about like there may not be an aspect of it that like sets a new paradigm. I feel like if if there is, it feels like that's potentially where it would be. Yeah. The idea of being able to customize your ship and like you can create. You know how like the ship becomes. You know, like Han had a relationship with a little Millennium Falcon, right? And like Mal had a relationship with the Serenity. Like it wasn't just a ship; it was their home. Like and they anthropomorphized it, and it was like they cared about it. Or like Paris and I were just talking earlier about like Kirk and the Enterprise. Like you know, it's like a living thing that you care about. And like the idea that you can custom make your own ship that you feel like is yours and you have a relationship with it, that potentially, I, th I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. And what junk am I going to grab Paris? You know what I mean? <laughs> like uh, back in Skyrim and Oblivion, I would grab every single book known to man. I mean, I was grabbing every book there was and just carrying them. Why? Because I wanted <laughs> them, right? So like yeah, what yeah. cool junk is there for me to just grab and hoard because that's what I want to be, some hoarding goblin on my spaceship. You know, that's exciting to me as well. So I look forward to that. Another flip side also is just taking a look at it all. What are the alien races? What are those cool dinosaur monsters that we saw out there? Is it going to be the same thing over and over again? Or do we really expand and have some really unique aliens? I think that's what I'm most excited to see as well. Yeah, I, I, there's, a, there's a huge amount of potential. Yeah, and I would just say, 
take whatever they show you. Was it in, when are they doing it? Uh, June 11th. Take whatever they show you in June with a with a pinch of salt, because again, like you will ne you will never know for sure until you play the game and decide for yourself. But you know, again, there is the opportunity for them to show some stuff that's like, oh wow, they're doing that. That's cool, right? And so we'll see. Okay. Paris, you pumped about this? Well, on the scale of one to ten, where do we fall on this one? Um, I'm probably like at a nine point five. Okay. I, I I want to be excited about this. I want to be very enthusiastic about it. Um again, it it's coming from a studio and the team that have given me some of the best gaming experiences I've ever had. So for them to now take, you know, a slight risk by doing something that they've never done before with the space exploration. I want to see what this is. I want to see what this team's vision is going to be for that. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. Really looking forward to it. Like I said, we'll, obviously, June 11th, we'll, we'll get to direct. I'm sure I'll get even more excited at that point. But, yeah, September 6th, it's going to be a pretty big day yeah. for not only, you know, not only for, for Bethesda, but for Xbox and gamers, because I, I, I do think we're going to get a pretty special RPG, or at least knock on wood, I, I hope we do. I think the potential is absolutely there. It's going to be a sweet June 11th with the Xbox Game Showcase as well. Like, just a great summer day full of games. I mean, the best case scenario for this game, right, is it is another Skyrim where like 10 fucking 15 years from now, We're they're still, still doing expansions it, yeah. uh -huh. and they're still doing mods and like there's still, you know, special centenary mega, you know, celebration edition. Like it, I think, you know, ultimately they want it to have that kind of long tail, right? Yeah. Where it's a game that now like occupies like an entire, you know, like Skyrim like, ended up kind of occupying an entire era. Like it, it was it's bigger than just a game. Like it's, it's this monolithic thing. And obviously their ambition for Sky ambition for Starfield is on a similar level. Mm. Before we go, just thought of this one, Paris, as well. Collector's edition. Are we coming out with one after what Fallout 76 was? I mean, that bag thing, can right? I mean, they've that? I mean, they've learned their lesson. They've learned. Can we nail that? Can we get something? Do you cool think here? they're gonna have big, crazy spe physical special editions of this game? I, if I mean, it is, they have to. They'll right? say I mean, it June eleventh. Yeah, you, you would have to think they do, right? But like the issue that I go to is like, okay, they would give you the ship, but you create the ship, so it's like the ship won't mean anything to you in the collector's edition because you're gonna make right. your own. And book, I, right? I, you know, again, what is that cool for, piece? For, for some people? I think those special editions are meaningful, but like I again, like I glaze over when I see these. Like, oh, one hundred nine, you know, two hundred dollars for this thing with like a giant fucking, you know, Aloy figurine or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. I have kids. I don't have room for sh that shit in my house. <laughs> I like, want that stuff. I don't, I don't I want, want again for you. It could be good, but I don't care about any of that stuff. I don't. I don't. Again, I don't even care about physical editions of games anymore. I'm gonna play it on Game Pass. Right, I don't. I don't need a disc or a box. And this is the bullshit. Now you see, games are shipping in boxes, and all you get inside is the fucking code. download code. There's no disc. Yeah. There's a what the fuck is that? What you got for me, Paris? So let, let me say this because we we do know that that people at at Xbox listen and watch this show, mm -hmm. and we truly mm -hmm. appreciate that. And same at Bethesda. And we know Greg Miller is an avid fan of this show. So I want to say this for all parties involved. Get him out. Not not before. Not before launch. After Starfield comes out, I would absolutely love, and hell, I will fly up to San Francisco. We could do it in the studio. We all be together. I would absolutely love to have a conversation with Todd Howard slash Pete Hines about Starfield and the development and just everything with this game, because now we would have had hands on with it. We would have had experience about it and we can have an in-depth conversation. And the reason I bring up Greg Miller into this conversation is no, Greg, he's not going on GameCast with you. It's an Xbox game. It yeah. needs to be with the X. Well, listen, now, okay? now, now that I'm close personal friends with Todd, you know, we're like this yes. now, uh, uh, you know, I'll just text him. I'll set it up. There you wow. go. <laughs> you're so cool. You go to dice once and you're now the coolest. What? Dude on no, the I'll text him now and he'll just leave me on red. 
<laughs> well, I'm very excited to see what we get in June. We now have a firm release date of September. So really exciting <laughs> as we continue to look at Xbox's slate of 2023 games from the first party turnout. We now know where we're going, right? Minecraft Legends up next. Forza, still a question mark right now. Starfield, What's the question mark over Forza? Still don't have a release date. Right. So we're still just waiting on Forza Redfall right around the corner along mm-hmm. with Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Of I, I, I have a conspiracy. Oh, my God. Lay it on me. I have, I have a conspiracy Steve thought on all of this. So first and foremost, when, when this release date came out, it, it just really made me start to think, you know what? We've been doing XCast. Uh, has it been two years? Two years. Yep. Something like that, right? I feel like n- n- now the floodgates are about to open. I, I really do believe that. I think starting next month with Minecraft Legends moving forward, we're really going to see the floodgates open for Xbox Game Studios and start to see a lot of these games that we've been anticipating for the past couple of years. And because of that, I, I look at what's coming the rest of 2023. Like you said, Minecraft Legends, we're getting Redfall in May. Obviously, they'll have their big June showcase in the Starfield Direct, so there'll be some announcements there. I would imagine during the summer months, we're going to see some ID at Xbox stuff. Like there's things like Lightyear Frontier and Replaced that that should be coming out. We know Stalker 2 is coming out at some point this year as well. Then obviously, we we get to September, we're getting Starfield. And this is where the conspiracy comes in. I think Forza is October, if I had to guess, when I, when I kind of start connecting the dots. Why, I, why I is think- that? Controversial or conspiratorial. Harris, it's not controversial because when again, when you look at it, are you really gonna drop uh Forza? Oh, because the Elder Scrolls Online uh expansion comes out in June, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not gonna put Forza out in June. Obviously, if it was coming out before that, they would have said Forza. You're not gonna drop Forza in July. August seems kind of early. You're not gonna put it head to head with Starfield in September. So October is kind of that month where you can drop it in there. And I think traditionally. Force has always come out around late September, October. Anyways, yeah, I mean, make, right? I, I mean, it makes sense to me. Why not? Make yeah, it... yeah. So, with that said, here's the other conspiracy. I think Hellblade Two is this year. I really do. You're still sticking from that because that's what I was yeah. going to ask you. Do we lose yeah. that now? You and I. Do we lose yeah. that one? But then, no, it, but, I, but then I, it started. But then it is starting to look like a very crowded window, isn't it? Act. Here, okay. I'm glad you said that because I said this on Twitter. People got mad at me. I think Hellblade Two comes out this year. I do think it comes in November. And if you think of what, again, look, GameCast, Greg Miller, what did Matt Booty say? They want to have all these big games start coming out, right? They got to make up for these games that should have come in 2022 or coming in 2023. There's still things that should be coming in 2023, right? So, yeah, it, it does look a little stacked, but everyone's Xbox didn't have any games in 2022. So are we now going to say you have too many games in 2023? No, please, and some people, these- Paris. I know. Not, many, yeah, not I enough know. games, no. too many. Like the, know, the, the, the porridge is never just right. But my point on, on all this is, is now you're, like I said, you're seeing the floodgates open where they have all these studios are starting to get their games to come out. Why not cap off the year with the Hellblade 2 in, in November? That That's like, boom, September, October, November. You have three big AAA titles coming from their internal studios to end the year. I think that's that's a big win for them. That instills confidence in what Xbox has coming in 2024 and beyond. Not to mention, it's all on freaking Game Pass. No one's twisting your arm to play it all at the same time anyways, right? Play it when you can. Look, as a gamer, the biggest complaint I should have is not having enough time to play a bunch of great games. Yeah, same. I'd rather have that problem. Like and, I, and I would again, it's like I said, it's a, it's a high class problem to have, and maybe it's yeah. not the worst thing for Xbox right now when they are 
trying to, you know, they're like, they're, like I'll be honest, I think the, the vibes have been off a little bit with Xbox. Recently. Well, the vibes have been clearly with the Activision Blizzard stuff. That's where right. the vibes have all been. Right. But there's, but there's also been closer. this vibe of Xbox doesn't have enough good games. And Phil exactly. Spencer's admitted it right at the mm-hmm. AAA level. PlayStation on the other side continues to kill it with these big AAA, uh, you know, first party and third party games. Um, I've said before on the show, Xbox needs to st- st- come up to that level. And having with a bunch of games coming up, boom, 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 boom. Maybe that's what they need to move on from the from the current talking point, which is Xbox needs more, you know, bangers. Lay it on us. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see how they can deliver the rest of the year. And of course, in June, it'll be fun to see the game showcase and what they do. Will we move away from the messaging of coming out in the next 12 months? Right. Right. Like clearly, maybe we shouldn't say that because we missed that mark. But let's see what they do. I'm really excited for June. Let's talk about the now, though, because yesterday... Halo Season 3 finally released, and man, oh man, I have some really positive things to say about Halo Season 3 because it was a ton of fun to jump back in with friends and check out the Echoes Within. Of course, three brand new maps, two arena, one big team battle. You got a brand new mode. You got a new piece of equipment. You got a new gun. You got a brand new battle pass and a little new piece of the narrative thread that we continue to spin over there. And I just want to say, hey, for all of you out there, of course, it's easy to dunk on Halo. We've been down on Halo a lot lately since the release. This has been the most positive I've been on Halo in quite some time. I had a blast jumping in and checking out the new content that they've added here for Season 3. And I think this team really delivered. What I saw yesterday was the best Halo experience that I've had since launch when all the hype was there. We've always known it has killer gameplay. It's always been a question of content. But when you turn on Halo Infinite right now, you have a lot of fun things to do, whether it be the Forge and community-created maps and game modes, which is really, really great. It has some really standout stars, like some old-school maps that you love. Hang them high. Lockout we played as well. Guardian was out there that people were creating. And these new maps are really, really something special. I don't think it's enough, but it's something to get you back in and playing with your friends. So I wanted to take a moment and highlight some of the cool stuff that is Halo Season 3. And I'll start off with the new maps. Two new arena maps. You have Cliffhanger and Chasm. Chasm is very reminiscent, Gary, of the second, first level of Halo Infinite. You're in the Forerunner dungeon. You have a lot of silver, a lot of just metal all around you, and it's very tight. It's the smallest map they've made, and it leads to a lot of engagement, a lot of fun to be had. So good for, like, just deathmatch type stuff? Deathmatch, free-for-all. King of the Hill has been a good time on it, and they have a new mode, Gary, called... uh, Escalation, Escalation Slayer, which I call, a.k.a. Team Gun Match. So, of course, if you know Gun Game, Gary, and all the games where you start off with a pistol, end with a rocket launcher to win, they've done that, but team-based. So, 4v4, we start off with a rocket launcher, you end with the oddball and have to win with the oddball. Okay. It's a blast, Gary. That's cool. Really well done game mode, so I got to give them credit for that. But right now, my favorite map in all of Halo Infinite is this new cliffhanger map. Okay. It's got Halo Reach vibes. It's outdoorsy. It's got some snow. It's got some nice, like, rugged terrain, some really cool sight lines, some different moves that you can make, whether you go into the middle, taking the big man cannon across the side. It's dope, Gary. So I'm really pleased with what I'm seeing from that. And their big team battle map, I just said it, Probably the best big team battle match. Now, now you're speaking my language. You know, I love big team battle. I know you do, Gary. I know you do. And you know what? They delivered on this one. It is beautiful. It's big. It has some really cool pathways, whether it be on the outside for vehicle combat or right down the middle with this cool shelter inside. 
very, very great maps that they created. So I'm very impressed with what they did. Okay. Uh, I showed you the yeah, narrative. Yeah, I watched the cinematic. You yeah. watched the cinematic. Paris, have you seen it? I'm sure you saw a little bit of that cinematic I, I right have. there. Yes, I did. Awesome. I mean, it's easy to praise the CGI cinematic, right? Like we all can do. Yeah, it was cool. It was very cool. I wish we got single-player campaign stuff, right? Or like co-op campaign we built on that story. I guess, I guess my question is, is, how is, cool. how is that meaningful? Beyond that being like a cool little three-minute mini-movie. Like, that, I mean, but that's not in any... Obviously, that like, doesn't mean anything in terms of the multiplayer, right? You're just going to be running around and killing each other like you do in multiplayer. You still do, is right. right. Yeah. The battle pass. So like, what, is that, like what does cool that little three-minute piece of story like do for like in the bigger picture of Halo? Does it really achieve anything? Or is it just like... A it's, cool it's pushing forward a, a story that they want to tell. You know yeah. what I mean? They want to get you involved. So always the funniest thing as well. You have that epic trailer, right? Then they have another follow-up one where the two Spartans are talking, the two lone wolves, and then they turn. Who shows up? Mike in a giant bright blue and green cat ears helmet Spartan. And I'm like, oh, it, don't do not do that. You know, we were all hyped up about putting our Spartan in the game. We don't got to do that, 343, because I look dumb, and I shouldn't be in the trailer. I shouldn't be in the video. So, yeah. That's when, when people, like, really whack out their character. Oh, yeah. Um, I got to say, I'm, I'm kind of surprised at the way I'm feeling about this right now, because as, as, I, as we've said many, obviously we've talked about Halo at great length on this mm -hmm. show in the past, and we've talked many times about this weird roller coaster we've been on, right? From the launch, which was terrific. We loved the launch. Yes. Great gunplay, the great vibes. Mm -hmm. I was, I was, a, the most I've ever been into Halo was like the first two months of the Halo Infinite Multi. I was playing it, I was staying up late, staying up late in the morning, like at night. I was getting up early in the morning to play it. I was, I was like, I was playing it when I should really have been working. And when, when, when I wasn't playing, you know what I was doing, Mike? I was fucking thinking about thinking playing about <laughs> like That's when a yeah. game's really in your head, when it's like, yeah, when yeah. it's living rent through in your head 24 7. That's where Halo was for me. And then I just kind of fell off because, you know, oh, this map again, you know, like I got to that point where I just hit the wall of like, there's not enough mm -hmm. to do. And I got bored of like what was there. But I was loving it, and, 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 and eventually I uninstalled and I didn't go back. And for a while I've been thinking, like, that's it, I'm just done with Halo. I, I can't see myself going back to it. After seeing the, what you just laid out and, and you taught me a big team battle, I actually can kind of, I kind of feel myself getting the, the itch again. Like, I don't know, fuck, maybe I should go back in and, and play. A little itch Because right I, 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 what I remember is when I was having fun, I really was having a lot of fun. And if I could get, like, a little crew together again yep. and play with friends, I know I can kind of see myself getting back into it. And we're just talking about vibes. Mike, you know, with recently with Halo and like the vibes are, have really been off, mm -hmm. as you know. Like Real it's been vibes. it's been bad, bad vibes in the Halo universe. Like there's been a lot of you know kind of grim, fatalistic talk. All of these layoffs. Remember there's when been... Master Chief was naked half the season and we oh. just never put the armor on? Oh. I had to say it. I had to say it. Everybody, remember that time? That was crazy. Master Chief's version 2.0. There was you know there's been there's been a question mark about 343 right about like what's the future of the halo narrative like we they're like we've the, the the vibes have been almost like funereal talking about like i don't know is like, is, is halo like is it done like do they need something new like is halo just like had it like we've we've really been like to the brink i don't know if like you said it's not necessarily enough but like what this does feel like and again i've not been following the chatter so maybe you're close to it, you tell me but this this feels like actually like a positive step in the right direction. It's a very positive shot in the arm right now. I, I can see it on Twitter. I can see it in the community. This is a positive shot. The community's right reacting now. well to this? The community is really liking this. Is right. right. They're very pleased with this. New piece of equipment as well called the Shroud Screen, which is essentially a smoke grenade. Okay. So think of the big bubble shield, but instead you can shoot through it and into it, but it just creates this giant cool black hole that you can't see into or okay. out of, and it's badass looking. It's really cool when you put it on the map, and it's a ton of fun to use. They also have a brand new weapon 
called the Bandit Rifle, which is a little bit less than your D- or B- or battle rifle slash sniper rifle on lengthwise, but a little bit more than the assault rifle. And it's just a nice new touch of like, here's a new starting weapon. So when you create those custom games or maybe when they start doing ranked playlists and they want to add it in there, like it's just a perfect like, hey, here's a new starting weapon that you can try out and have some fun with. So can you see yourself getting like really back into it? Uh, With the way that custom games work and how much fun, I was really impressed with what I saw on Forge, uh, Forge Creations. I could see one day a week starting to make that a regular rotation thing. I could see it becoming more into the regular rotation once again. It, it does feel like a step in. Again, and boy, did they need it, right? Because, again, like it's been, it's been trending down for a while, the vibes on Halo. And it can, I think once, you, once the community, like the mood starts to turn sour, as I feel it has been, it can be hard to turn that back around again. But like, yeah. that's why I asked you specifically how the community's responded. If they have successfully, like I said, given the community a shot in the arm, they're like, oh, actually, well, I, no, you actually got this right. Like Maybe there's hope. I mean, they need to keep that going, but it's nice to see because we all want Halo to succeed, right? Like as much as we talk shit about it sometimes, you know, we 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 drop we spit facts here. We don't just we're not just cheerleaders. The vibes have been off, and we've been honest about that. Um, but we all want it to like. I'd much rather games be good than bad. I don't want to see things fail. I want to see Halo do well. I want to continue to enjoy the game. So it pleases me to see what looks like a step in the right direction. Because again, boy, did they need it. Yeah, I think. It's a step in the right direction. The big one was the future, right? The Xbox Wire had a great write-up of, like, what you can expect out of the season details. And a nice sit-down interview with Sean Barron from the team, right? And the big quote from that was, in our preview season three, I said that this is the beginning of what seasonality is for Halo Infinite. But seasonality is restrictive. To me, seasonality is about really being consistent. We need to be consistent in everything. I feel very confident with where we've gone with season three, and I have a very strong confidence that we're going to be able to keep improving on that consistency and avoid completely the long seasons of the past. That's yes. the big takeaway for right. me right and, there, Paris. And, and, that, and that was the, the thing I wanted to jump in on is if you go back to last fall when they initially kind of announced this roadmap and we all kind of groaned and didn't like what it was, it was they were applying duct tape and band-aids to try and get to this point in March where we are right now today to where they could get consistent with content rollouts for their season. So to the point, like he's saying in the article, and they actually said this last year, now our expectations as player is, okay, we had the loan delays, here we are, and now it's show me, be consistent with yeah. your content regular rotation of new content coming out with these seasons, not these six, nine month seasons. Right. Let, let's get right back on track onto what the original vision of what Halo multiplayer was supposed to be. So I have personally not played it yet. Just obviously other things going on. I haven't had a chance to jump in yet, but I will this week. But to your point, Mike, I, it's great to hear you talking so highly of it. The community has been talking highly of it. So yeah, I will be jumping I'll, I'll in I'll reinstall it. Let's try and get the three of us into a game. Yeah, yeah I'd like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like a little, yeah. little X-Cast community night. Yeah, with why not? Well, well, like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm all for yeah. that. And okay. um, schedule that out. Yeah, yeah, and to Paris's point, like that's and to what you were just saying about seasonality. This is the challenge, right, in the area of life service games, is that your labor for a long time to build content, um, you know, new levels, new, new, new raids, new whatever, and the hardcore community will fucking burn through it so far. Like, what else you got? What else you got? What else yeah, you got? So yeah, we just yeah. dropped it. You want to know what yeah. else we got? Jesus Christ! But like that's the challenge, right? And you're right. The gaps the, 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 again, talking about the porridge being just right. The gaps so far between new content drops on Halo Infinite have been too long. Again, like, I was loving it, but even I was like, 
come on guys the, the same fucking maps over and over again like we like this i'm ready for something new and I, yeah. I i don't think it was unreasonable to ask for something new at that point and they were too slow to deliver it so they need you know if, if they, they understand that now and it's like we, we can't keep doing these six nine month seasons we gotta we gotta like if it, maybe we hire more people or whatever it is like we need to rebuild this roadmap in such a way that our audience even the cutting edge players that are playing you know hours a day never hit that wall of like, I'm bored now. I need yeah. something new. Like you've got to stay ahead. Of, right as the point where you go, I wish I had something new. They're like, well, here it is. You got to, got you got to keep going, keep going, keep going. It never, it like life service game development never fucking ends. Like you're always building the game. I want to end it with one big shout out for the three, four, three team. Great freaking job on the never ending season passes. Okay. Like big appreciation of that season passes with you forever. So when you yeah. put down that game and you killed season one, season pass, maybe like me, or season two, you stopped playing and you only got to level 14, and now there's a brand new level 100 battle pass season pass, but you can go back to season two and grind that. You can go back to the community event ones and grind those. Great job, because nothing hurts more than buying that Fortnite season pass only getting halfway done and then being like, well, clock is ticking. You better get to level 100. I didn't, no, I didn't know they had done that. And I'm like, that's another, I'm, that's I'm really deal, glad. I hate that's that shit. I, that's, that, is, that is a big deal. And I guess, and obviously that speaks to like how they're monetizing the game, right? Then if they're not relying on selling you a new season pass every season, and again, if the seasons are coming more frequently, you're going to resent having to pay for each one, right? I guess that means that in terms of monetization, it's just all cosmetics and you know, items, right? They're just stuff in the store because a lot of the monetization is based around paying for seasons. If they're just saying like lifetime pass, then they must have, they must have a new economic model for how they're monetizing the game that's not reliant on that. You buy each season, each season pass if you want it. It's with you forever from that point forward. You can earn enough credits in the season pass to buy the next battle pass, right? right for the right. next season. Right. So like, it's a really great model and I'm pleased knowing that I can come back, not feel that pressure during the season if I fall off not wanting to play it or when I return to go, man, I got a bunch of battle passes that I can grind through right now and have some fun with my friends. They got match XP now instead of just challenge XP. That's a big win. We got ranked game modes in there, which is a big win. Like I said, the Forge community creations looking good. Some really fun stuff to do. So as of right now, after day number one, Excited to jump back in. Wait, we'll so when you talk about the, the challenge XP, are you talking about that? Are they come off of that stuff where it's like, oh, you, you like kill Remember 10 that? people with a pistol or whatever? Correct. Which was bullshit because it had you had people you running around that. just trying to hit their challenges instead, uh -huh. of, instead of contributing to the team goal, which is what you wanted. It was actually antithetical to team play. And I'm trying to capture the flag and win the game, and some <laughs> assholes over here with a pistol just trying to do his challenges. I'm like, dude, I'm, we're trying to win the game here. No, now you I, got that match XP, Gary. That, okay, much that, better. That good, good. You're much better. Right. All right, I like it. So big shout-outs to 343. Great start to the season. Excited to see where we go after this week and following on. What's the consistency? But as of right now, day one, very pleased with what I saw. Good. I'm glad. And I'm pleased have the two gaming day to two gaming dads back and i hope all of you had a good episode as well it was nice to be back with paris and gary we'll be back next week with a whole lot of fun and until then keep playing games gamers we'll talk to you next week bye everybody